comic bookie fans. Welcome in. This is Mike, Mark, and Sean, episode 106. We have a special episode for you, a guest, special guest, but first our sponsor, Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California today on New Comic Book Day. Go and see Alex. Go and get your stack. He can get you your new comics, your old comics, any way you want. But as these colored tiers go from purple to red, from red to orange, a lot more sports are coming back and a lot more sports are coming back with more asses and seats. We wanted to have someone on who's in the know, not only in sports, uh, not only sports in the Bay Area, but nationwide as well. So he's got his With Authority podcast and he's from ABC7 News Bay Area. Casey Pratt, thank you so much. We are so excited to have you on. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. As you can see. I got my scrap here. Reigning fantasy baseball champion 2020. Looking to looking to go ahead and defend this title. I don't want to give it up. So I'm holding on to this. And I'm actually just really excited that the baseball season's back. I'm really excited to see fans in the seats. I'm going to be at the Oakland Coliseum when the A's take the field against the Astros tomorrow. I'm excited to hear the crowd. The crowd is what makes the difference. It's like, you know, the old Oracle Arena, the roof blowing off the place when Curry hits a three or when Josh Hamilton drops the ball in the outfield in Oakland and you like you can feel the Coliseum vibrating from the fans or Marshawn Lynch, the beast quake against the Saints like it's the fans. It's the missing component that really makes things electric. So you can have the sports. The sports are fine. We love the sports. But without the vibe and the atmosphere, it, it's just different. And, and I'm just excited for that to kind of end. Get the fans back in the seats. Let's see it. Yeah, definitely, man. Now, what do you think about the? Actually, I see you here. You got a Stanford uh, Cardinals shirt on. Is is that where you did your collegiate years at, or is it just because of the women's uh, number one seed uh, got to uh, the final four here? Where, where, where did you go? I'm so happy you acknowledged that because I actually wore this in honor of the Stanford women reaching the final four. They won that game last night. I am not smart enough to go to Stanford. No way. <laughs> Um, my dad actually went to UCLA, so that was kind of like my adopted college team, but I went to SF State. We have D2 teams. We have no football. I always joke our football team's been undefeated for a really long time, but <laughs> so I never really got into the collegiate sports scene um, as much as most people did, and in the Bay Area, we have so many pro teams that it didn't really matter, but yeah, this is a shout out to the Stanford women's team, which which I'm happy to see get into the Final Four. I like, I really actually enjoy watching them. Tara Vanderveer is an amazing coach. Cameron Brink, is just unbelievable on that team. So that's actually kind of been the the NCAA team I've watched the most, which is kind of a, a veer from the usual in this time, March. Yeah. So going back to baseball with the A's and the Giants, um, that's actually a two-part question. What do you expect from the A's and the Giants this year? And then what can you expect as far as the whole, you know, Major League as a whole? Uh, is Are the Dodgers going to get dethroned? Are they going to repeat? So what can you expect, um, you know, like top headlines, you know, so to speak, in the 2021 season? Uh, Yeah, A's already mentioned should over-exceed their expectation. They're projected around 80 wins, which is ridiculous. There'll be mid-90s. Matt Chapman actually said today he thinks they're going to get to 100 wins. I I can see it, though, honestly, because they're pitching. The rotation is stacked. The bullpen is unbelievable. That's the one thing they really built up this offseason. Uh, you still have the mats on the corners, Chapman and Olsen. So I think they're going to be a division contender. The Giants, there's some guys I'm kind of keeping an eye on right there, especially for like fantasy baseball sleeper purposes. I love fantasy sports. Um, you know, Logan Webb, I think, looks really good. He gave up one run in the spring on a wild pitch on the last start of the spring. Um, I was just listening to Buster Posey talk about him. So I think he could take a jump. So I don't see the Giants really as a playoff contender per se. They have a really tough division, obviously, being in there with the Dodgers and um, it's going to be really tough. 
circling back to the Dodgers to dethrone them. They're just unbelievably stacked. Yeah, Not even only- though we're getting back to like a 162-game schedule, it's kind of hard to I, – I don't know – I can't put my finger on if it's going to help or hurt the Dodgers. I I don't know at this point. You know, I I could just see them at least there at the end. You know, oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. And with the A's, I was gonna actually ask you. I am a Giants fan, but the A's. You know, I grew up going to A's games. I've seen the teams that they've had, and you kind of think, damn, how are they doing? What they're doing with what they have? And I'm with you on that. I think the A's with what they've done these past couple of years, and with the mat on the corners, with the pitching they have, they could definitely overexceed, especially 80 games. What do you think can hold them back other than possibly injuries? <laughs> I mean, that was going to be my answer. Is injuries, <laughs> if you really look at their rotation, you got a young guy like Jesus Lazardo who's yep. really ready to take the next step. A.J. Puck, another guy who is their number two prospect, really ready to take a jump. If he can get his velocity back up a little bit, he's a really, really like frontline potential starting pitcher. We'll see about that. You know, Sean Manaya, they, they just got a ton of obviously. And then that's not even mentioning their opening day starter, Chris Bassett, who really emerged last year as an ace. So what you're looking at with the A's is a crazy deep rotation, a crazy deep bullpen, uh, incredible defense to support the pitching. Guys that can really hit, like Matt Olson can just crush baseballs. Matt Chapman had his hip surgery. He's back. So if I had to say what would really set them back, I mean, it's got to be the injuries. I, I don't know what else does set that team back because they're deep enough that I think they can withstand some of the injuries. They're mature enough now, having been through it a few times. They know that their window for winning is closing, especially with the team not wanting to spend any money. Uh, This is kind of getting close to their last rodeo. So I think that they have the experience now. They finally won a playoff game and series, short series, but a series last year when they beat the Cubs or the White Sox in the wild card. So I think they're ready to make a jump. I don't see where their like big Achilles heel is other than health. And that's something that usually does bite them. Yeah. You mentioned the giants probably being a far cry from trying to make the playoffs, but uh, three guys currently on this podcast right now would say that their team t- sitting at 28 to one, you mentioned Chapman could probably think that we could get to about a hundred wins. I mean, that's kind of far fetched in my opinion, when you still got the Astros, I mean, the Astros are 25 to one right now to win the World Series. You know, that's kind of a long shot, too. But I feel like this division, the AOS, is probably really going to be predicated on how the Astros and the A's perform. You mentioned earlier the Dodgers. They're actually your favorites at three to one. I'm seeing here. But another team, Padres, they're eight to one in the NL West with the other teams being, you know, over 100 to one, which is basically not going to do it. But <laughs> I think that. You know, you got the Yankees sitting here wedged in between those two teams in the A and the NL West. What do you think about like these other divisions, Casey? I don't know how like close you study them or if you, uh, you know, but do you think the Yankees, how many years it's been for them? You know, they always seem to be one of the favorites. And of course, they attract a lot of money and attention Mm -hmm. in the betting markets. But do you think the Yankees are going to kind of get over the schnock? to make a a real push for it this year the Mets we just saw that they signed Lindor to what was it a 10 year Sean you mentioned it in pre-production I believe uh, 300 something million you think the Mets are going to be able to do anything I mean what are your thoughts going forward not just you know on the AL and NL West but this the league as a whole man yeah I mean I really focus more on the West but if you look at the Yankees the big thing with them is is it Stanton health judge health guy who oh. led the Yale in home runs last year, Voight, health. So 
I mean, that's the big thing. If those guys can stay healthy and in the lineup together, you have the Bronx Bombers. I mean, that, those guys can absolutely mash. It's just health. That's the biggest thing for me and the Yankees. And I don't ever want to see any pitcher go up against that lineup when all those, all those guys are healthy and hitting. The Mets, I haven't really paid a lot of attention to the Mets, to be honest, because I just don't really have to mess with the NL East all that much. And, it's and it's, the Toronto Blue Jays, I think, are going to be attracting a lot of attention, too, with their offseason acquisitions. Obviously, they stole one of our guys, you know, that, that we liked so much sitting at a shortstop here in the Bay. But I think Toronto, they might have a little bit to say in that division. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, we're going to obviously they I think they lost a couple guys. Um, didn't they lose Snell, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, yeah. Yes. Padres now. So. Yeah, they lost him. They lost him when they pulled him out of that World Series game. Oh, lost God, him. No. Yeah, that was horrible. I mean, <laughs> they, <laughs> he was gone at that point. That was it. That's right. Yeah. That was kind. Of, that's kind of like um, who was it when the A's? Um, they didn't get Fires. Fires wanted the nod a couple times, and I think he was handed to Manaya, right? So I know yeah. he didn't get happy about that, but yeah, but that I mean, was different. I, he didn't get the start. He didn't get yanked out of the game when he was dominating. True. He ended up having yeah. the team lose. Is I mean, true. That's the big difference there. And I don't honestly know that Fires really should have gotten that start against the Yankees. It didn't it didn't work out in that wild card game because they went with the opener. They actually started Liam Hendricks that day. But, mm-hmm. you know, the Yankees are a power hitting fly ball team. And I'm not sure I want to see Fires try to keep those those balls in the yard on that day. So uh, I don't know that he should have got the start. I know he was upset as he should have been as a competitor. Um, but to dial back to the Blue Jays, man, I mean, they have such insane pedigree. I mean, it's just incredible, all these guys they have coming up out of the system right now, and I'm excited for them, too. And Semyon. Semyon's there now. Yeah, for sure. He's one of those guys who I wouldn't root against. Like when our Donaldson went there, right? They like taking our guys. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Um, so, yeah, so the Major League Baseball starts tomorrow, April 1st. So fans, check it out. I uh, wanted to touch for just about 60 seconds. Casey, uh, your favorite sport, men's college basketball, uh, the final <laughs> four set. I, I just thought it was hilarious. You told me like you were the, uh, one of the only guys, or, you know, people in the world who like really didn't give a crap about not only regular season men's college basketball, but the the basketball tournament and i actually applaud that because i can't help myself me and like 75 percent of america get sucked into the you know, filling out a bracket every every year and thinking that we know and thinking that we care when then when they cut the nets we're back to like not really caring until next march you know yeah you know it's funny you, you said you wanted to talk about the ncaa tournament and i was just like yeah i could just make something up if you want but i, I don't know <laughs> i just don't really like pay much attention to it uh pay as much attention as i have to there's a few reasons so one i have like an incredible streak of my bracket never being busted ever because i don't ever fill one out i just don't care uh (laughs) like pay the athletes they're making billions of dollars pay the athletes it's just unbelievably stupid and three if you're in the media this is way too behind the scenes no one cares all about this but the thing with the NCAA tournament is, is when it comes around, they send you this massive like email with a list of all the things you cannot do and cannot say and cannot show in coverage. And this highlight can be shown from this window to this window, but not outside of that window. And then what? they honestly make it impossible to cover. And so for from that perspective, internally, I just hate dealing with March Madness. I, I would rather, I wow. probably would be sued for even saying those words. Uh, I actually would rather not deal with it at all. I always say I'm going to take a vacation at the start of the NCAA tournament, so I don't have to mess with it at all. I always forget. Um, and then I get stuck dealing with it. But like, say something really great happens with your college basketball team in the NCAA tournament, and you want to tweet a little video of it or post a screen grab or talk about how awesome it is and share it with people. 
you will get a cease and desist so fast your head will spin from the NCAA and CBS wow. that it just sucks all the joy out of it. Another sport like that is the Olympics. That's a whole different thing. But they're so strict about how you can cover it and share it that I feel like it's backwards. If you can share things and show off your highlights and have people talking about them, it's good for your sport. It's not bad. You don't want to stop people from sharing photos and highlights. Like if you guys wanted to post videos of UCLA winning last night, like you should be able to. It just, I don't know. The whole thing just bugs me. And the last reason I don't like the NCAA tournament is because I love baseball and you know, the end of spring training and the start of the regular season is always yeah, coming and all anyone wants to talk about is the tournament, not the baseball. So that, that's the other reason I don't like it. A whole, a whole laundry list of reasons for you. I'm kind of confused. Can you elaborate on that a little bit on <laughs> like, if we, what do you mean if we like tweeted or if you, I mean, I know with you, you're in the media and you work for obviously, you know, media and all that. So if you, if you were to tweet out something about NCAA or a picture or something what they you, you get seasoned arrest i'm trying to can you elaborate a little bit more because yeah, i mean well, I, I we're just comic bookies like if we say oh look, yeah ucla won tonight if you, like, if you like snipped a video or downloaded a video or even made a gif of a video and you tweeted that out on your own account it's they'll they'll come after you like they will tell crazy. you to take it down because you don't have the express written consent you didn't pay for the rights footage uh, there's, there's so much tied up in spending in the NCAA tournament with advertising and TV rights that they, they protect it and they watch it like a hawk. So it's wow. not fun to cover and it's not fun to not be able to post things like that. Like the one league that really has this right is the NBA. They, they want this stuff posted. They want everyone to see what LeBron's doing and what Curry's doing every night. They want everyone to see that and share it and push it out there. Cause maybe everyone isn't sitting there watching the game, but they're going to see Curry they're going to see his handles. They're going to see his threes. They're going to see all that stuff on social media when he does it. Uh, one thing you can kind of get away with now is is you can, like, post the video that someone else tweeted. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if, if CBS or the NCAA or a, a college team posts a video, you know, you can you can post that video within your own tweet, and you yeah. probably could get away with it. But they're really tough. And you can't be the original. Just, you can't be the originator. That's, that's my take on it. Yeah, well, going crazy. well, going from something that you apparently don't like much of, but something you do love, wrestling. Yeah. So are you, are you a modern day wrestling fan or the Attitude Era with the Rock, Stone Cold? <laughs> Man, you know, I spanned many generations. Uh, you know, I, I was raised on you know Hulk Hogan and Bret the Hitman Hart nice. and Michaels. Oh, yeah. um, you know, my favorites of all time are are HBK and and Bret the Hitman Hart, but. Um, so I started there as a kid, like when I was a little kid, I used to always go to like Blockbuster or the rental store and rent the wrestling, <laughs> nice. like VHS tapes, you know, <laughs> I'm dating myself at this point. Um, and, and I kind of watched it all through that, all through my life, through the attitude era in high school. And I just loved all that stuff. And then I kind of fell off a bit, then, then came back. And, uh, lately with the pandemic, it just like, I've almost lost all interest. I, I it's hard to watch now. I keep track of it. I'm like definitely going to watch WrestleMania coming up here. But um, again, without the fans, that sport suffered the most. Like you want to talk sports that yeah, don't dude. suffer? NASCAR doesn't suffer as much. Golf doesn't suffer as much. Wrestling really suffers without the fans. Yeah. I think 
I think wrestling was the first sport that I saw come back without the fans and it was dead quiet. And when you hear the athletes just hitting the, the mat and just like all the grunting and everything, it was <laughs> like kind of an eerie feeling watching like wrestling with no fans. I, that was the one sport that needs fans. That's what it lives off of. And you're yeah. right. We're huge NASCAR fans here at the comic bookies and man, they don't need any damn fans to run those cars. You know what I mean? That's the perfect sport for That's why they got started and we're able to upstart their season, I mean, Get pretty much as in. quick as WWE and what was it, UFC. Dana White did a great job as that White as well. Island. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I mean, I, like me and my wife, we tuned in randomly to SmackDown last week because <laughs> my wife, you know, she watched a little bit when she was younger, too. And she was like, what is this? Like all the TVs with the different fans and stuff. And you can even hear like, you know, when they're like yelling back and forth to each other, like during the match or after the match, like I'm going to get you or whatever. Like You can even hear that. It just sounded so weird to me. Yeah, it's definitely different. And what they call that is the Thunderdome. And it's incredible what they were able to put together with like the thousands of monitors and all the people coming in through Zoom right from their living rooms. It's yeah. they made the most of it and they tried. It's just not the same. So and, and I understand why you can't have fans, obviously. And they're going to start coming more and more, especially with WrestleMania being in Florida. They're going to open that thing up wide. But, um, you know, they really suffered. It just it loses a lot of interest. It loses a lot of its flavor for sure. Well, I definitely think it was super badass. A few years back, they had WrestleMania at Levi's. Did you were you able to go to that? Bro, that was like the best day of my life. I, I, would, <laughs> I would say like the wedding, my wedding, like the birth of my first child in WrestleMania are all right, like right there. It's Perfect close. combination. Really tight. It's like um, one C. <laughs> yeah, because for me, you know, I grew up a Niners fan. Levi's Stadium is the home of the 49ers. WrestleMania in the Bay Area. Um and being in the position I was in, I was at uh, NBC Sports Bay Area at the time, and I was able to do a lot of stuff. Like we had Hulk Hogan in studio, and and I was the person that kind of shepherded all that, and, and got to hang out with him all day. And Jim Ross was like the best ever. He came in, nice. hung out with us all day. Like we really could not get Jim Ross to leave. Good old Jr. And that was the coolest thing ever because we just sat and talked for hours about wrestling, and he loved sports. He loves the Thunder. We talked about the Warriors. And it was like the coolest thing. It, as a as a kid that grew up a wrestling fan, just hang out with good old JR was amazing. Uh, I got to meet Daniel Bryan. And the best thing, I don't know if you're not too into current, uh, do you guys know who Seth Rollins is? Yeah. Okay. On the modern guys, yeah. Seth Rollins is like my favorite wrestler. And I had gone to cover something the day before at the WWE. It was like fan experience. I think it's called Access. And so I went and found a Seth Rollins shirt, bought it, wore it to Levi Stadium. I was the only one in that building, I swear, wearing a Seth Rollins shirt. <laughs> like, my whole section was just riding me when he lost to Randy Orton. Like, we were RKO, just so that was a RKO. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he went to do the curb stomp and flipped up into the RKO. And so everyone is giving me crap. And that's how you are in the section. You're, you're talking smack the whole time. And when he cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase – to win the title over Lesnar and Roman Reigns. I mean, the place came unglued. I came unglued. And then we were walking out and people were like, I'll give you 60 bucks for that Rollins shirt. Like they're trying to like buy my shirt. Off of you? But he was the champ and no one saw it coming. And I was the only one there because I went the day before and bought it. But like his stuff, wasn't it? Like most of the merch places in the stadium, it was crazy. So like, yeah. man, after that, like we, we tailgated before WrestleMania. We tailgated after WrestleMania. <laughs> we just had the best time ever. It was it was just incredible. And and I mean I remember like walking into the stadium and like laying eyes on the setup for the first time and I was blown away. 
Uh, it's crazy. Totally, totally awesome. nerded out. I mean, it was on the, it was the best. I got actually, I got my championship belt back there. You might be able to see that. There oh, it is. Man. Your head's been covering it the whole time. So what's your favorite era real quick? Is mine, I, I can't forget the time, what was it? When SmackDown first came out and it was on like UPN. You look and just I, like Steve Stone Cold. What do you mean your favorite era? Come on. Well, I'm asking him him what his is because like I can't forget the times when it was like SmackDown was on UPN. My parents like, okay, go to bed. I'm like, all right, cool. And like I would turn the TV off and I would wait like 20 minutes like during a commercial break or whatever. Turn it back on. I would watch it like the whole two hours, you know. And then like when the invasion came, like ECW, WCW, because I wasn't a huge yeah. WCW guy. I was mostly WWF, you know, WWE. But man, I can't get enough. HBK, Stone Cold, The Rock. Shoot, me and Sean still talk about just the funny moments between Booker T and Gold Dust. Like mm-hmm. those times, I that's like the best times ever. You're sending gifts back and forth all day. It's just classic stuff I'll never forget. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to top the Attitude Era. I just don't know how you would ever have a time when you have guys like Stone Cold, who was probably the top earner in wrestling history, The Rock, who is now probably the most famous wrestler in wrestling history. You had Triple H, who was my favorite at the time, uh, Shawn Michaels, who I'd you know grown up watching, and for him to like hurt his back, be forced into retirement, then come back better somehow, it yeah. was ridiculous. I mean, he had some of his best years post career-ending injury. So, I mean, that was an era. Kurt Angle, Mick Foley, Mankind. Like, I remember watching live when Undertaker threw Mankind off the Hell in a Cell. Oh, I know. Crazy, yeah. And, that's it. I mean, that's that's the era right there. Watching that live as it happened, it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Then he comes back, goes back up, goes down again. The thumbtacks, everything. I mean, that, that dude was incredible. <sighs> Took the Goldberg, pedigree to the Diamond Dallas tax. Page. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, that was the WCW side, so I was, like, not that interested in that. I never was kind of Goldberg, especially when he came to WWE. I love yeah. DDP, though. DDP was cool. <laughs> and then uh, and when... It's weird as you could think about like what would possibly be the greatest thing ever in wrestling. And when Vince bought WCW and they merged, yeah, I was, I was like, this is it. This is heaven. And then, and then it kind of just sucked. I don't know. I wasn't all that interested after that. There was only a handful of guys who came over that were really interesting, yeah. like uh, like the Dudley boys and, and and guys like that. But but other than that, yeah, you're right. It was kind of like kind of like a dud. But um, so the second half of our podcast, what we record every week is the comic book side. So we talk mm-hmm. comic books, uh, new and old that we read from week to week uh, that we so graciously get from Treasure Island Comics. And then we talk any kind of entertainment, you know, movies, TV. So you mentioned that you were a comic book fan uh you know in the past so like what did you like to read what did you like to watch and stuff as a kid and then now i mean what's strange is i actually was just going back through my comic book collection not too long ago and you said your boy's name's alex yeah comic yeah. book store i might need to go see him because i have like boxes and boxes and boxes of comics and i, I collected for a lot of reasons i love i love the x-men i saw this this tournament recently where they were trying to decide who like the greatest comic book hero was and like Wolverine wasn't even in it. And I was like, what is this? Damn. Like Wolverine's the man. Come on. He's yeah. got to be in there. And so I was really into X-Men back then. I actually have one up there. Um, signed oh, by there you me. Go. Um, and then I have an Avengers up there too. I got a bunch of random stuff up there, but um, you know, that was really my, my thing is more of the Marvel side, but for some reason I collected a lot of image comics too. I have a bunch okay. of like first edition image comics, which I there thought were going to be worth a lot more money. I got like, like the first of Spawn, um, trying to think of who else I have, like Shadowhawk. I got a bunch of random ones, but yeah, nice. um, 
Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Uh, <laughs> great, great video, one. great video game. <laughs> I was just go, I was just going through my box, like, man, look at all these. And then, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I like to I like to collect comics a lot. Um, I kept them in really good condition. I never took them out of the like the sleeves because I always intended on like flipping them someday, which is kind of a weird thing to think about when you're a kid. But lo and behold, they're still in a box in my garage right now. So I need to get back into that. And I also have like this whole tub of like Star Wars, you know, toys and stuff. Well, you, know, you know what, Casey, hold on to them. You know why? Because I was thinking about that a little bit earlier, actually. You know, I feel like history always repeats itself. We've been seeing yeah. a lot of things coming back lately, like these baseball cards, these Pokemon cards. And I'm telling you, it's just a matter of time till these damn comics come back around. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's so hard to get them graded, too. You know, like, yeah, I know now. they're in perfect condition, but if you're going to try to sell them, you got to get them graded. And to get them graded, you got to ship them out, and then you're going to have to wait forever because everyone's doing it right now. Just like it, baseball cards, which right. I collected a lot of. It's That's like what I really like. I've been getting into NBA Top Shot lately. Have you guys heard of that? Oh yeah, man. NBA Top Shot's gonna change everything because you don't have to get anything graded. You can you can get on the marketplace and buy and sell and flip and collect. Oh and really? Oh dude, it That's is a all game there. changer right there. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It it seems funny wow. to buy like video highlights of things, but. Uh, it's exploding. The whole NFT market and NBA Top Shot is just exploding right now. Yeah, one one of my buddies right now actually got a couple rookie cards from Brady that he sent out to get graded that he's waiting to come back as well. So I'm excited actually. At least just watch. It'll, he'll he'll get them like a year later. Yeah, he's got to send it from here to Sarasota, Florida, and then they've actually just upped their prices. Even during coronavirus, we're uh, seeing horror stories of guys sending ten books out, and then they are charging him. They have an invoice of like well over four or five hundred bucks just to get the damn things graded. So, and yeah, you I mean, really don't know what you're going to get back. That's the problem with collectibles these days. So that's why I think things like NFTs, which people are making fun of right now, but I think they're going to be the wave of the future because you don't have to deal with any of that, and you have editions. You can collect them. They're serial numbered out. They're all on the blockchain. It's just a, it's a cool thing. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed the uh, Hall of Fame. The they have the stock, the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, and that was the one thing that actually didn't make sense to me the most as I explored this whole NFT and got to know about it a little bit more. But I said that makes actually sense because say Joe Montana, right? There's only mm-hmm. one, there's only one placard, and that's at the at the Hall of Fame in Canton. So they own it. But if you could be the sole owner of the digital piece of the, like you know, oh, I got the only digital placard that's licensed through whatever, you know, through the NFT that I paid what 500,000 for whatever, but it, I'm the sole owner. So now there's only so now like what the Hall of Fame does is they take their placard that they own. They turn it one into a digital. There's one digital, one hard copy. If you could be the only owner of that digital cool. copy, I mean, there's money to be made in that market, man. You're, you're oh, right, Casey. Yeah. Artists, too. I mean, if you're an artist right now. If you can get in the NFT game, you're going to make a fortune. It, it's yeah. it's crazy because you can put anything on there, but you can like serial it out. So it doesn't have to be one. You could do like 10,000 of them. But number one of 10,000 is going to be worth a fortune because it's mm-hmm. the first one. Yep. And so you can do a lot of that and just make a lot of money. Artists right now are making a lot of money. I'm seeing like leagues and teams start trying to get involved in it. But, but yeah, the NBA was ahead of the game. I'm actually upset because I remember reading about this. I follow like cryptocurrency and blockchain, all that stuff really closely. I don't know why I just like it. And uh, <laughs> I heard about the NBA being on the Ethereum blockchain. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Then totally forgot about it for a year. And now it's like everyone's making like hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars on it. And I was just going to say that if you if you if you uh, match that up, the NFTs and you're also invested in Ethereum, you're going to make some good money there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all on that blockchain. Yeah, no, that's what's going on right now. I mean, so that's that's like one of my latest things that I'm really keeping an eye on is NBA Top Shot, NFTs, things like that. It's a lot of fun. And it, it's like everything you enjoy about collecting, except it's digital. So like, you know, if I was right here with you, I could show you my whole collection right now. I don't have to go get a box out and dust yeah. everything off and show it to you or haul it over to your house. Like we could just look at it on our phones. So nice. it's it's cool. It's cool. It'll be uh, a little bit of an adjustment, but it's starting to reach a larger audience. And if it reaches, you know, widespread adoption, it's going to change the whole game. The whole nice. comic game could change. Well, Casey, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we know you're a busy man and we know you're pressed for time and we really want to have you on again to kind of finish this conversation more about comics, obviously more about sports, you know, the baseball season is going to be into full swing. So maybe in a month or two, have you back on if you're available. Uh, we really enjoyed this conversation. We really appreciate you jumping on with us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys calling in, and I really enjoy just kind of spraying all fields, so to speak, talking about everything. So this is a lot of fun. Thank you very much. And next time I'll get my get my big box of image comics down. <laughs> I'm ready. Down, we could we could do a little like swap, see what's going on in there, because I got a ton of them. There we go. Okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that is Casey Pratt. Please go ahead and give your handle out for your Twitter, so people can follow you. Uh, it's at Casey Pratt ABC Seven, and we have the With Authority podcast which we're taking a break on between season three. Um, but, you know, we have tons and tons of pro athletes on there and we don't like to talk about sports very much with them. You know, everyone always talks like, how's your ankle? How's this going on? Uh, we like to get into all kinds of crazy stuff with them. So if you listen to it, it's usually crazy hilarity and a lot of questions you're probably not going to hear pro athletes talk about. So it's a lot of fun. Casey, thank you so much for jumping on. We will talk to you soon, man. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Casey. Thank you, Casey. Go Stanford. <laughs> yeah, Stanford women, final four. Thank you so much, Casey Pratt, for jumping on the podcast with us. You are always welcome back. But we're going to take a quick break and come back to collide the worlds of sports and comics even more. Stay tuned, folks. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Comic Boogies podcast. Again, thank you so much, Casey Pratt, for jumping on the show with us. We cannot wait to have you back on the show. So, fellas, before we get into comic books, uh, we hit a, a little bit of news, a little bit of, you know, something, something with Casey, but I definitely wanted to touch on, we don't have a race this weekend, uh, it being Easter weekend, but uh, NASCAR was in the dirt for the first time in 50 years. Um, shoot. I mean, I know two of the favorites got taken out early, Sean and Mark, and then, you know, Joey Logano, though. He gets the win. If there's any other driver that we want to win here on the Comboogies podcast, if it's not Kyle Larson, if it's not going to be Chase Elliott, it's, it's Joey Logano. So, Sean, what do you think? I mean, this is my first time not seeing a dirt race, but definitely a, a Cup Series dirt race. It was actually pretty dope. It, it, I had to watch it kind of at work and kind of on my way home, like very, you know, <laughs> not safely. But, dude, it was pretty dope seeing them on dirt. It was very dope, bro. I enjoyed it. It was really cool when they were going and uh, doing the inside camera and seeing how much work they had to do on the wheel because, man, those cars were sliding on that dirt. But by the end of the race, man, you see they had a nice little strip of uh, pavement in the middle. But, no, definitely a good experience. And I hope it just becomes a regular year in and year out. I think it's really entertaining. It did suck for our racers, uh, well, our racers specifically, you and I, Mike, uh, to not have the result we wanted. But if there was one that was long overdue it's definitely joey logano and good for him he came out victorious took the checkered flag mark i'm sure you're very very happy about that i wouldn't say long overdue i mean i did see the stat that 
he has won due to that race when he has won a race in the last eight seasons. So I don't even oh, nice. think uh, Kyle Busch has a streak that long. And we all know how good he's done. Nonetheless, you know, Christopher Bell, one of the favorites, we mentioned him last week in 105. Horrible, horrible to get loose up in those yeah. marbles up at the top. Very, you know, disappointing in my opinion because I wanted to see. We saw Martin Truex. Obviously, he won the truck race earlier. And I, I wanted to see what what some well, obviously, you know, Martin Truex, he didn't have the car at the end. So it didn't really matter because uh, obviously it would have been probably Joey Logano and Kyle Larson. Right. Uh, dueling it out if it wasn't probably. for Christopher Bell, you know. It, it sucks, and that's just the way the the world works. That the two fate, you know, pretty much almost the two favorites, the two uh, guys that compete in the world of outlaws and the Chili Bowl that seems on a on a annual basis together to be running together at the same time. The first time that NASCARs run a dirt race in the in 50 years, they're together. Uh, Bell gets loose, Larson gets collected, and there you go. Larson's chances, which I think he probably would have won the race. You know, he's been running so good in these Hendrick cars lately, and he was he started at the end, obviously was up to 10th in what, like the first 30 laps, I would say. So, I mean, I would have liked to see Larson compete better than he was able to. I'm very excited, obviously, that the 22 Shell Pens Oil Ford for 10, Team Penske was able to pull it off. Obviously, my driver, if you guys go and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, After Dark with Mark 2.0. We'll give you a little bit of rundown. Um, but yeah, man, uh, let's see. After the Easter break, they're at Martinsville under the lights. And I did hear, guys, I don't know if you guys caught the wind of the news for NASCAR fans out there. Um, there's going to be a tire test in Martinsville. A couple guys are going to be testing tires out there. Obviously, each manufacturer gets a guy. And uh, they're going to be doing it to see if they can run treaded tires like your street tires, not the slicks that they obviously run on every track. But they're going to see if it's not like a downpour. They're going to be hoping that if it's damp weather, kind of just like fog, mist, type of like a little light sprinkle, if they can actually run these treaded tires that can be mm-hmm. uh, – you know, get rid of the, nice. the the rain on the on the and whatever, and they can try to run it. So they could try to save maybe an hour, two hours of not, you know, of of time, TV time, if yeah. you will, because that comes into play with all the with all the advertisers and all the TV money that these that these sports leagues gets these days. But yeah, uh, let's see what they do. Two weeks under the lights in Martinsville. You guys excited or what? Yeah, I'm definitely excited. It's it's good to get like a little break, you know, especially with the timing of the final four and the beginning of the MLB season. We get to kind of concentrate on that. And then come next week, we got plenty of NASCAR to talk about. We got the Masters to talk about for next week. So stay tuned for that, folks. Oh, and Sean, just to uh, let you know, they did announce like mid race that next year in 2022, they're coming back for the dirt for this awesome. race as well. So so we're going to at least get one more year of the dirt race. But uh, just to transition into comic books, this is the Comic Bookies podcast. Again, like always, every week we are brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Like Casey Pratt, he said he was going to do. Please go and check out Alex and the shop. Definitely getting all your comic book needs in. Uh, please subscribe and follow our YouTube and Twitch pages. That's where you can go ahead and get the notifications when we go live. That's every Wednesday between 8.30, 8.45 Pacific Standard Time in the p.m. Also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Comic Bookies. Email us anytime you want. I am up between the hours of 4.30 a.m. and around 10 to 10.30 p.m. TheComicBookies at gmail.com. 
But comic books, guys, let's get into it. So the new books coming out this week, DC, we got Flash, 768, Batman Catwoman 4, Strange Adventures 9, The Other History of the DC Universe number 3, and Mark and Sean, we still have Future State. I got like one or two more books still going on. Uh, Superman versus Imperious Lex number three. Uh, on the Marvel side, X-Men 19, Captain America 28, Beta Ray Bill. Sean, you're familiar with that character from the current Thor story. Number one comes out today. X-Men Legends 2 and Silk number one. A lot of books that come out. I think Sourcepoint Press was the second leader, the second highest number, excuse me, second highest number of books with nine this week. Sourcepoint Press gives us Cult of Dracula, Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job from Frank Gogol, number three, and the finale to one of my favorite books going on right now, Black of Heart, number five. Image side, Crossover, number five, Spawn, 316, and Department of Truth, number seven. IDW is giving us Transformers, 28, and Sea of Sorrows, number four. And Mark, the only two books coming af- uh, coming from Aftershock, you're getting Nuclear Family, two, and I Breathe the Body, number three, or you said you're, you dropped that one. That's right. Uh, and AWA, Man's World, three, and Bite Size, number four. So, fellas, it's a mouthful as, as far as books coming out today, but go ahead. Throw them out there. Which, like, what are you excited for today? What did you like from last week? Let's get this comic book talk going. Uh, going Saturday to pick up my books. I know I don't think you mentioned it, but Two Moons number two. I'm definitely excited to get mm-hmm. that. The first one actually was pretty good. It was definitely worth getting the second one to see the direction of it. So yeah, I actually added uh, Silk number one also, and of course Dead End Kids number three, the suburban job from Mr. Frank Gogol himself. Definitely excited to get that too. So yeah, definitely some goodies this week. I'm excited. If we were live, obviously we didn't go live this week for the fans on Twitch and YouTube, but we will be back at it on episode 107. If you guys could see this fat stack of last week and this week's book, there is so much to talk about. I mentioned a little bit on on the YouTube channel. If you guys have tuned in to the aftermark with aftermark after dark with Mark, but I don't know. I I don't even know where to start honestly because I know Mike. Probably is going to want to discuss Detective with me a little bit, maybe Scumbag with me a little bit. I already talked about Harley Quinn for you guys a little bit and Carnage, so check that out. I mean, the books that I'm getting this week uh, as we record, I would say that I'm excited, obviously, for Dead End Kids. Obviously, Frank Gogol, uh, you know, a, a, um, a guest of the show, and just to see how his story is going to end out as he's end up as he's moving on to kind of. I wouldn't say bigger and better things, but he's venturing out in his career and his comic book writing and whatnot. So I'm excited to see how this uh, story ends. I really like the second one and I really like the first offering um, flash Sean, you, uh, you probably have a little bit more excitement for this one. It's got a cool cover, but I need to read this first one coming into Infinite frontier 768 to really have a gauge on it. Obviously I haven't read it yet, but I think that uh, one that I'm really excited about is Strange Adventures, man. I think that uh, Tom King, obviously, he's been doing a great job with it. And uh, it's been building up. We're here with issue number nine. And we got, what, three, four to go. Uh, ends at 12. So I just want to see what the whole plan that Mr. Terrific's got, how the whole thing with his daughter's going to go, the wife. and his, I mean, don't get it twisted. There's still four issues left, but there's still a whole lot to be unfolded in this story. What do you what are you thinking, Mike? What do you like? What did you like? What do you uh, want to talk about? I mean, it's pretty crazy. I think I'm getting eight books this week, and one of the ones that I'm least excited about is The Flash. I don't know why, but I mean, I'm like I could say I could put like if you're gonna go lay out all eight of those books and like Batman Catwoman over, 
like you know on top of it strange adventures on top of it the other history of the dc universe the ones that are like eight bucks but it's well worth the read there's tons and tons of writing that one's going to feature katana i believe this week so um another take on that black of heart number five i'm i might be sorry frank i'm a little bit more excited because it's a uh, series finale more excited than dead end kids just specifically this week um dude department of truth james tinian another title you know i was gonna ask tons of books bro I was going to ask you about that real quick. I, I want to ask Sean a couple questions as well after. But Mike, Department of Truth, I saw a tweet today from Scott Snyder, and he said that it's probably one of his favorite books going right now. Uh, someone He retweeted someone, something, but I saw that Twitter. Uh, Mike, is it really that good, it's- man? It's one of those like conspiracy ones like there's two different factions fighting against each other. There's the Department of Truth who are trying to stop the other faction from kind of spitting all of these like aka lies like you know there's a huge uh, ice glacier at the end of the earth like the world is flat or you know you know this and this about obama like you know uh, i told you there was one issue i think it was like three or four where there's this huge spread and it says that this one guy received files on a barack obama to change his birth certificate because he was born in a different country blah blah blah, when he was like you know x amount of years old it was like just goes to show you how all of these uh, it talked about epstein like like on that page all that whole spread it was kind of like just to goes to show you how the puppets control everything like illuminati type stuff it's a really great book and like last week or not last month like i told you uh department of truth number six it pretty much it went back to lee harvey oswald the guy who supposedly shot john f kennedy Mm -hmm. and he's now one he's now the leader of the department of truth he's in all these real life things that happen i like that dude it's 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 an amazing story like what really grabbed me was like i think it was issue two or three when that whole spread where it was like it talked about bill clinton and all of like you know the pizza shop remember the whole pizza thing where it was like the pedophiles with the kids and like you would order the pizza yeah yeah, yeah. that was the code for it like all those oh, conspiracy they get theories. into all the nitty dude yeah it's, it's crazy stuff like that so um yeah it's like just basically one side is trying to spit all of this stuff that may or may not be true like what we what we us three would say that's not true the world's not freaking flat come on Kyrie. the world's not flat but they can prove it or whatever and then the department of truth is kind of trying to regulate it or whatever Ugh, what a great story but sure. um but as far as what i read from last week let's see what's my favorite scumbags up there i love scumbag um carnage was okay me and sean were talking about it in pre-production mark i would probably say that um the first story was weird the yes. second story was good though. The Marshall, the best one. Benjamin Percy. Yeah, like the, just like riding Percy. through the town, the or, or, like the forest, me. and trying to find him, and then he ends up getting just basically owned by Carnage. Molly um, But I would probably say my two favorites, dude. Um, Sean, you ended up reading Alien. Alien was oh, good. I love the story. I dude, was gonna Alien get into that. Re- Alien was really good. I think I'm gonna add that to the pool the list. Story with the father and son. Ooh, and that's really good. that's yes, yeah, man. And Alex, really good. Alex had some on there, man. I, I oh should, man, still, the story's good, bro. So I'm. I, I will legit be pulling three stories from Philip Kennedy Johnson, both Superman and action comics, and he's writing the alien story. So, oh, yeah. So he's doing DC and Marvel at the simultaneously? Yeah, it's wow. really good. Shout out to Kennedy, man. Yeah, yeah, he does awesome. Oh, that story, man. Yeah, this is pretty much. Sean, your thoughts yeah. on Teen Titans, man. I know Mike didn't pick it up. I did. Not too familiar on it. The Academy, number one. You got any thoughts on it? I know you read it. It was just a good intro. 
Yeah, I know we've seen Nightwing, among other characters, Cyborg. And it really kind of, it, it did have a little bit of that feel of uh, Strange Academy to a degree. Kind of basically, you know, the Teen Titan version. So I, I did like it, but it was really kind of like a broad introduction episode. It kind of got that troubled kid who's off to the side doing stuff that introduced a little bit of a villain towards the end. So it was a good intro. I'd definitely be pulling number two for sure. Much needed. Well, you will be pulling it. I'm on yeah. the con- I'm on the other side of the fence on that one. Maybe it's because I didn't read the whole Strange Adventure stories with you guys. That's why I'm so surprised Mike actually didn't pull Teen Titans Academy because I think I thought, in my opinion, that that would have been something that Mike would have been more in tune to than myself. I just picked it up to see if it was something kind of starting off more from a basis that I would be uh, more familiar with, but I don't think it really did. Maybe that's why I'm kind of shying away from pulling. The, the second issue and beyond, but I don't know. Maybe if it comes on the shelves and I see it as a new this yep. week, if I see it on the shelves as a new this week over there at Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California, hey, guys, maybe I'll go over there, pick it up. If I have a slow week, hey, I'll pick it up, try it out for another issue or two, but – I mean, we'll see, man. Uh, Mike, if you want to borrow it from one of us, uh, see if you want to get into it. But he's a, he he might be afraid that he'll like it, and then he'll have to pull out another one to the look at that smirk. He doesn't want to add another. That, it literally has that like once you kind of see like the kids kind of you know the little introduction orientation. You see Nightwing, you see Cyborg. You're like, okay, this really has a feel of a Strange Academy, so it's good. Are these like kids, and and are they like kind of new characters? Like what's uh i think there are some new characters right sean a lot of the kids are new characters it looks yeah. okay. i don't watch the teen titans show but they're ones i, I know I'm, I'm familiar with a couple of the sh- characters from teen titans but look a lot of the kids were new actually and are you okay. fami- are you familiar with the x factor this seems to obviously the guy on the cover and he's he looks obviously- like a, i think is he a new villain He's a new villain. He's at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. He's at the very end. At You know, I'm so I, I'm not, obviously no one's too familiar with him, but I think obviously it's going to be a kind of a big story, in my opinion, that might be kind of brought up between this or with this uh, new offering. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, I might be picking it up. Sean, you will be so you can keep the fans in tune with how the story's going. I mean, but, worst case scenario, you guys got a first appearance of a new villain. There it is. That it's is so, true. It's so funny, Mike, how you asked last night if I watched Alien or watched or got read Alien and I didn't get a chance to. And I read it uh, around lunchtime today. And I was thinking the same thing, like just the story alone. It wasn't actually too, too focused on the actual alien aspect. There's a really good story behind it. I was like, Mike's going to like this for sure. Yeah, dude. Like Mark, it, ha- it was like for mature readers. It had Which like one? some the alien, alien. Oh. it uh it had some cussing in it and it had a little bit of punisher max feel when someone gets their freaking head blown off which well, is really. definitely gonna be a way better offering that's marvel right alien yeah so yeah. mike or sean you mentioned that you picked up silk i flipped through it today at ti and i couldn't fester myself up to getting it i just uh yeah i just Number i don't one, know it just I'm seen, familiar it, with. It, it, I looked through it and I was like, this is just a female version of Miles Morales that I'm reading right now. I don't need another one of these. I need something more like that damn alien that you guys are talking about. Yeah. That's what I need from Marvel. Marvin, if Marvin, Marvin, <laughs> Marvin, Marvin, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. If you're listening to the damn comic bookies podcast right now and comic bookie Mark, let me tell you, please, we need to, we need some more stuff like, a- um, you know what? If I go, 
when I go to the uh, store on Friday, I'll I'll grab you a copy and put it in your stack. Yeah, you'll, you'll do that later for sure. It's it's That'll really cool. good, bro. Um, let's see. I mean, Harley Quinn. Yeah, the Tell Harley me, Quinn Mike. finale. The Harley Quinn finale was pretty good. Uh, it was a decent story. It was a decent in between story, like in the world of Batman White Knight. I definitely want um. For someone that did not Mr. read those first two stories, Mike, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I if enjoyed you thoroughly the... enjoyed this story, oh my God, those first two, uh, what White Knight and White but Knight, why is going to knock you... your socks off, buddy? But why? Why do you say that? It's it's better. It's better. It's better it's, as in what? Well, it's it's more Joker. You know, like in the first story, it's more like Joker and Batman together. Like Harley is not really like a the, the focal point of the story, and then you have Osriel in the second story. Like Curse of the White Knight, and like it go, that one's like a Tarantino, like it goes way back hundreds of years ago to the beginning of Gotham City, and how he kind of has he lays claim to Gotham and not the Waynes, Azrael, and you see him and, and they fight and so it's it's really cool. Those okay. first two stories, the Curse that, of the White Knight and the White Knight, I'm not gonna say they're way better than this, but if you like this, you're gonna like the other two. I'm asking you, Mike, because really uh, the the iteration that I got from you know. Katana Collins and Sean Murphy in this Harley Quinn is because I really like the way they had Harley just the different Harley than I knew. Like, I don't know Harley walking around with hyenas and having kids and like kind of more of a softer Harley, you know, obviously that's yeah. what she, that's what she's becoming in this new Harley one that you oh, guys yeah. did not pick up. And uh, my uh, if you guys watched uh, once again, the YouTube channel, I need to say, um, excuse me. For referring to, I thought this was an all-female uh, illustrated and written book. It is not. Obviously, uh, Riley Rosmo is a is male, it, is it, is and I, I want to just uh, say my apologies for not having, uh, not, not fact-checking myself and thinking that it was an all-woman uh, book. This book, the art is a little bit different by Riley Rosmo, but I really am excited. Like I said, I'm excited to see. The changes in Harley. The Harley that I know is like the Harley that you guys probably know. This Harley Quinn, Sean Murphy, White Knight type of book, different Harley. The Harley that we're getting now ever since Tynion's Joker War, different Harley. I don't know what it is, but I like the Har- I like Harley Quinn right now. You know, I just I don't know if I'm getting too saturated with her. Uh, maybe I feel like I kind of am at certain times. Criminal Sanity, um, Harleen. Uh, it's just a lot right now. But I, I, if it wasn't for Tiny and changing the game and the whole after Joker War story, I wouldn't be getting Harley, uh, Harley Quinn's ongoing series. But mm-hmm. yeah, here I am doing it, guys. Damn DC gets me again. Yeah, I mean, I'm more of the early 90s, you know, Batman the Animated Series, like the more court gesture Harley Quinn. Like I like her. I like that character more where she's more on the anti-villain side rather than the hero, you know. Like when she doesn't even dress up really as Harley Quinn in the throughout that whole story, I don't know. I I can take it or leave it. But when I get something like Harleen, that that uh black label book, where it was like the beginning of her becoming Harley Quinn, you know, like at, in Arkham, that's what I like. Like I know that along that timeline, she's going to become the anti-villain, the girl, the right hand woman to the Joker going forward. That's more of, of my pace. 
um, Mark, Detective Comics. It was good to have Action and Detective back. Uh, kind of a weird one. You know, it's kind of giving a background. Not really a background, but just kind of um, painting the picture of what of what Bruce's life is right now. Just I don't going know to these. why you didn't like it, bro. It was okay. It was just kind of painting the picture. I mean, there's those, those party crashers came to one of Nakano's fundraisers. But he's just like, you know, yeah, he, he dresses up as Batman. He saves the day again at the fundraiser. But it's like, you know, he's going to a, a, a neighbor's party. I mean, yeah, it's it's gonna get it's something to get but, used to because he's not in the Batcave, he's not what he's I've been reading up, and knowing he, for years fixed, and years and re- years. He's setting up different uh, checkpoints, if you will. Uh, he's yeah, no, that I mean that's pretty but, cool. It's just you know, and then like the whole the whole but end I of the, have, the end of the story is some just like billionaire heiress chick who's this neighbor gets like taken, gets kidnapped. But I have to disagree with you on the rating that you gave action and detective are both the six of ten out a six out of ten on both of them with a slight mm-hmm. edge to detective i would say that detective was a I, I liked it a, a not just a little bit but probably a, not a little not a whole lot more but kind of in the middle i felt like i'd have to give detective an uh seven and a half eight out of ten not just a six brother i, I enjoyed it man we're still building on this nakano story you know me and you we obviously got our opinions on a how we think that it's going to go and uh and how much of gotham is how much he really believes in gotham or what with this whole story i i think it's still going to turn out to be something really crazy he's going to get bribed or something i'm telling you man i mean yeah but but like i told you kind of little icing on top is that i foresee these two stories getting better going forward you know with mongol and all of war world and stuff in action comics and then detective comics it'll probably be some epic you know i mean i mean look look at the reflection of the glass in the cover it has penguin we didn't even see penguin so i can almost guarantee that the penguin's the one who kidnapped the neighbor you know what i'm saying like they're gonna slowly bring him into the fold into this you know detective comic story arc so you know i hope it gets better or it could be the scarecrow right that's more batman right yeah, you're right. That is more Batman, but if yeah, I, I, I mean, don't know how. I, I mean, I hope he gets unveiled soon. I hope I hope that what I was thinking was I was trying to think of it that Nakano is the new Scarecrow, and then somewhere they kind of mesh together, where like Penguin and Scarecrow start working together, and they kind of cross over into both stories. I think that would be cool. Two birds fly as one. Yeah. Flock of the feathers now. But uh, Sean, if you don't have any more books to to like review for the past week, I mean, I'm I'm ready to get into Scumbag because pretty soon, Sean, you're gonna be the third comic bookie out of three to start reading this book. Bro. Yeah, bro. I know we talked a couple of episodes ago that I'm for sure gonna need it. May hopefully they come out in like just one big book with all the issues. I mm-hmm. and you know you guys are speaking my language when you guys said it's like an FX show, like Mayans or Snowfall that we watch. So Scumbag might be right up my alley into something to read. He'll I, have something up your alley, that's for damn sure. As long as it's not up my nose, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the fortress, Mark, the fortress of Bolitude. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's just this. I, I, I mean, I don't know how it is. You guys mentioned this. They got to make this like a a book, or I mean, sorry, like a TV show, right? Like an FX show, but it'd have to get canceled, right? I mean, probably not if they got the Mayans and Snowfall running around on FX. I mean, I, right. I think but, they could. But, but I mean, this is hitting on so many levels. It's this the it, his, but, hu- his humor and his the debauchery and the drugs 
and the him wanting sex, but him that's never really I'm, getting that's it. That's what stuff. would get him canceled. Yeah, that's what but, would get him canceled. The way he treats women these days, right? I mean, <laughs> the dude is over here. He's pissed off because the cyber doll won't have, you know, won't get down. <laughs> oh, a cyber doll. <laughs> A cyber yeah. doll won't get down with him. That's ten times smarter than he is. But bro, they, freaking, <laughs> freaking Judas Priest is playing like twenty four seven in his thing. He's got this poster of big ass poster of Lemmy from Motorhead. It just hits on all, you know, on all levels for me as like a rock, you know, old school rock and roll fan. And then you know, just just the content, bro. It's it's amazing. Yeah, shout out to Rick uh, Remender. What's his uh, Remender? Yeah. I don't know if I'm yeah, pronouncing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Rick Remender. Remender. Yeah. Image Comics, shout out to Casey that we just had him on. You know, he's got that whole collection of Image, and this is why, guys. So now that we are done with the comic books, let's get into a little bit of the news. We've got some quick hitters, and of course, we have some stuff that we can talk about for a long time. Uh, fellas, the New Mutants, the uh, movie, the new movie, will actually air on HBO Max and not Disney Plus. And for you fans out there, you're wondering why they bought Disney bought F or Fox. This is a Fox. You know, and is an entity of Fox. Why is it on Disney Plus? Because when they were filming, you know, prior engagements, prior contracts with HBO, they're still going to air this on April 10th. You know, it's just pre-existing contracts. So unfortunately, it's going to be very confusing. But we are going to get uh, a Marvel movie on HBO Max. It's not just going to be DC. I wonder what it's going to fall under, like those hubs. If you go on the HBO Max um, right. thing, is it going to be under the Cartoon Network or the other? You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it'll be like other. Um, Let's see. Broadway star Jordan Fisher will play Bart Allen, a.k.a. Impulse. That's uh, Barry and Iris's future son, uh, who in, in many stories kind of does what Barry Allen does. He comes back from the future. Uh, it's gonna, He's going to star in The Flash's 150th episode later this season. So that's pretty cool. I didn't even realize The Flash. I forgot like some of those CW shows that do like 20, 22 episodes a season. So it doesn't take them long to get to, you know in the hundreds of episodes. Um, and finally, actually, no. Two more quick hitters. Black Adam, the Rock's Black Adam movie, has a release date of July 29th of 2022. So just a short, you know, 15, 16 months until that movie comes out. And fellas, San Diego Comic-Con is back. After we were just talking a few weeks ago about the Comic-Con being canceled down in San Diego, we now have an in-person shorter weekend, but a weekend nonetheless. So if you guys don't care about spending time with your family the weekend of Thanksgiving, head on down to San Diego for an in-person convention November 26th through the 28th of not 2022, folks, of this year. So I think that's pretty cool, guys. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to all the details. I'm not sure if you were able to read it in the article, Mike, just in terms of how they're going to maybe do the raffle or pick the people that are going to be able to go, how many days you can go for, maybe the hours, the setup, et cetera. But just in general, how we mentioned earlier uh, in our introduction, how you know the colors are getting better. I think we're in the orange for the most part. We're having all these events coming back, mm-hmm. people being able to go to sports games. Big picture, the light is at the end of the tunnel, and we're getting there. So oh, yeah. it's definitely awesome. So, I mean, man, it was like, what, a month ago or two that we were complaining. There's you no know, Comic-Con. What the hell? And here we are, man. We're getting to Comic-Con. It may be short, but it's something. Yep. Mark, are we going to head down to SoCal? Because, hey, I think every other year I'm going down to SoCal to visit my family. So hopefully this year, uh, I can't think of it right now. But if this year's Thanksgiving, I don't know. I might be going with my uncle my cousin to good old San Diego when, one of these days. When's the date again? Uh, the 26th through the 28th of November of this year. I believe that's Friday through Sunday. 
Jesus, right after Thanksgiving? Yeah, the three days after Thanksgiving. I think they figure they're going to have some strict regulations. Sean, like you mentioned, like they might only give you one day. Yeah. I mean, November's a pretty far time from here. I mean, how many vaccinations? I was at Kaiser earlier to get my damn eyes checked in the optometrist, and there was at least 20 people in that vaccination line. It was packed. I mean, oh, there's been uh, mm-hmm. I think I saw because I, I did that pre-existing uh, COVID-19 appointment or whatever on, on the KP app, which you kind of just fill out information. And then like you kind of let them know, like, I want to get vaccinated. So, you, you know, they tell you to check back on the app every day to, to see if they've given you an available appointment. And of course, I haven't gotten one yet, but they, they update it weekly. And I think since the 23rd of March. They have almost 450,000 people who are currently scheduled yep. in the Bay Area to get vaccinated and like almost 1.2 million vaccinations already given out just from Kaiser and just in the Northern California. So, wow. And you got to think about all these other facilities that are doing it. The Washington hospitals, the Sutter's, the Oakland Coliseum. So like you know, CVS, vac- right? Isn't CVS like CBS, Rite Aid, you know? Yeah. So these, you know, these vaccines are coming out and like, you know, just look at it big picture. It is helping the cause it is helping these things open up because whether people want to agree with it or not whether people are going to take the vaccine or not it's helping with just that ain't the comfort level of people so hey bro thanksgiving comic-con we're all winning whether we're going there or not we're having an event so it's going to be awesome and let me tell you guys march madness the ncaa they are not the only people having a final four bracket uh let me tell you DC is also doing their own thing. Have you guys seen this? Comic bookie fans, let us know. Have you guys seen this? Mike, Sean, DC Comics is asking fans to vote on a style, on a bracket style um, elimination type. Is it like specific stories? Is like yes. So I I think I think this is kind of fun. The bracket it's going to represent an array of DC Comics, and the fans are going to be able to vote. On what story that is going to be published. I think that they're thinking of publishing it later uh, this year in a round robin bracket style. Um, Let me give you the rundown, guys. I got a little bit of the bracket here. We're looking at uh, Green Lantern is going to be going up against uh, Etta Candy Holiday Hero Incorporated. Don't know what that is, Mike. You might be the only one on this podcast that can have any opinion on that. And in in, uh, in another uh, bracket... The Brave and the Bug, Crisis on Infinite Ambush, going up against Zan, Zan, Zataana and the King of Nightmares. So I think Mike, just by knowing, hearing that name on the podcast, I can see her uh, that one advancing. Uh, Lobo, Animal Man, Scorched Earth, going up against Son of the Creeper. If any of you guys have any opinions or thoughts on that, let me know. That must be a 116 matchup. I like Lobo. (laughs) Or I'll move right on. JLQ versus the Robins. And now when we go to the right side of the bracket, uh, I don't know. A lot of people are going to be throwing darts at this board here, guys, because uh, we do a podcast here weekly, and we don't even know half of this stuff. So pause off the Justice League going up against Jesse Quick Control. You got Blue Beetle, Graduation Day, going up against Night Runner, Love in Paris. And then to finish things off in this last bracket, you got Swamp Thing, A House of Secrets, going up against Suicide Squad 7. And then finally, guys, Asteria, The Last Amazon versus Superman and Lois Ignition. So one of these lucky, one of these lucky creators, writers, you guys pick 
uh, comic bookie fans, make sure you get on DC to make your vote uh, count. So what is are, are these existing stories like what, what like what is this? I, I think, have not heard uh, of any of these stories via DC Comics Twitter page. Welcome to DC Round Robin hashtags. One of the pitches will become a new comic book series, and it's uh, up to pitch, you okay. Okay. to decide. That, that, was, that was the key detail. That makes that it you, better. Uh, okay, so it's up it, to you to decide which vote for your favorites and yeah, Lobo. Fresh. So who you got, man? You got that Lobo, man. Lobo's one of my it, favorite freaking villains and like i've only i've seen him more in cartoon shows than i have in comic books okay so, so that's yeah. who you got because it's your favorite that's, that's so you're betting with your heart not your head all righty you you're know it. i guess low books i know mike's talked about him a lot and i mean i just don't want superman to win because i'm sure it will be superman because that's going to be <laughs> the story that most people know but I mean, I guess Lobo character I'm not too familiar with. I know Mike's, you know, mentioned a lot of times that he's a very good character, villain-wise. So let's go with have, Lobo. If you have a good artist, you can get um, you can do a good Green Lantern story. You know, yeah. a lot we'll of green, see. a lot of constructs and stuff. You know, everything in space and everything. Yeah, you can Super, do Superman will be meeting up either with Swamp Thing, a House of Secrets, or the Suicide Squad Seven in the next round. So uh. No, no Suicide Squad. Let's do a Swamp Thing for that one, too. Survive in advance, Superman. I'm going with either Blue Beetle here, guys, or I'm going to be going with this uh, because uh, I like Zatanna. Yeah, let's, let's go with Zat- the King of the Nightmares, man. You I'm, can't I'm vote down. for it. You can't vote for it unless you pronounce it right. It's Zatanna. 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 There we go. Dude, yeah, but that's dude. Like it, Zatanna's dope because you well, can I have. I thought it was. That's all magic. Zatanna's too easy, bro. I thought it was more like you know exotic or something. Added some personality to it. I like that, Mark. Yeah. Zatanna. It's like you're trying Zatanna. It's like you're saying. That's too, uh, that's too American for me, man. What's the soccer team? We're, we're worldwide Atal- now. Atalanta. Yeah, Atalanta. Zatanta. Yeah. Hey, we're it worldwide now. Where's our so, where's the Italian fans? We're worldwide, man. We're not pronouncing <laughs> stuff in English anymore, baby. All right, here we go. Um, Sean, you already watched it, but we have not, obviously, because it just came out friggin' today. So Saturday, when this episode comes out, I'm sure a lot of you will have watched already. But dude, Godzilla vs. King Kong, I can't wait to watch this this weekend. I actually don't know if my wife will be. Uh, yeah, I think my wife will be watching it this weekend with me. It'll be one of those ones where the kid put the kids to bed Saturday night. You know, Your wife's like, gonna be watching the King Kong with you. Or staring yeah. at the King Kong. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean both. <laughs> she, huh? she can be Godzilla if you can be the King Kong, baby. No, she can be the one that I I take up to the building or whatever and pump my Sorry. chest, you know. Yeah, Mark, will you be watching this movie this weekend, bro? Um, King Kong versus Godzilla. You know, for the sake of the podcast and for the sake of that, I told Alex today that we might be reviewing it with him and. I, I I'll probably check it out. It's on HBO Max, right? I mean, I got it. I'll probably Saturday night, Friday night, nothing to do. I'll check it out. How long is it, Sean? It's uh, not it's four hours. As long hour, as it's not four hours. Hour and fifty minutes, I want to say. And I'd say just watch it for the sake of it being a good movie, bro. I just told hella uh, action. Oh, uh, bro, hella action. I watched the previous two Godzillas. How uh, I told you earlier, Mike, and then watched Kong School Island. And it kind of just all comes together. It's kind of like that heavyweight matchup in like the Titan world, you know, King Kong and Godzilla. So it's really good, and it has a good story behind it, also. Thank, thank God it's not four hours, because I don't know how long I can got my I can get my wife to stare at King Kong for four hours, man. I don't it's know. Usually about two minutes, and 
<laughs> my, my dreams is four hours but in reality you know it becomes about four minutes it was king kong versus god it was king kong versus godzilla like maybe like what like five years ago but now it's yeah. you know now he's got zuki <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's good it's king kong versus a komodo dragon at this point <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah everyone go check out the movie you're going to get more of a uh actually because alex is going to be on the show with us next week so it'd be cool to review it actually it's weird because i think i talked to him last week and he has like little to no interest of in in watching it um i think that's what he said yeah i kind of i kind of got that feeling from him Kind of yeah. like I got that feeling from him today. Like it was kind of funny because I was thinking the exact same way when you interview when you asked Casey that question earlier about uh, him not being too interested in the March Madness because mm-hmm. that was the second person I heard that from today. And I said, in you know, obviously Alex he went to St. Mary's up here in Orinda, the Bay Area, got his degree I believe from there. But he is like he did grow up has a lot of ties to LA. Obviously that's why he's a Dodgers and Lakers fan and being such a huge basketball fan that he is being such a huge Laker fan that he is. And with number 11, see UCLA making the big uh, final four last night. I just thought he would have been a little bit more interested in college basketball, but it doesn't seem like he really is, but I'll let the man uh, give his argument next week on 107, so uh, we can ask him about it then. I, I, I thought he'd be a little bit more into it, at least into the tournament. Like we mentioned, man, 75, 80% of people don't watch college basketball all year, but once this damn tournament starts, it kind of catches the nation by, yeah. by storm, right? So Yeah, for real. Uh, I actually can't wait for that interview. That's going to be fun to have Alex on for his, you know, his quarterly interview with us to talk comics and and sports as well. Uh, Sean, all right, dude, let's get into it. So Falcon Winter Soldier, you said that there are some things you like and some things you didn't like. So episode two came out on uh, last Friday. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought the probably the best part of the episode was like the superhumans, you know, like how they have super strength and stuff. It's going to be. Definitely the test of Falcon and Winter Soldier because they just what they killed Red Wing, <laughs> they just killed like no like it was nothing. I'm sure he can get a new one, but it's like oh he just killed the little guy that like made Episode One really fun. But uh but no I mean it's it's this is I think I'm unfortunately I'm comparing it to Wandavision and now granted the first two episodes of Wandavision I was like what the reverse he- yeah like what the hell is this? But then it turned into something that I've I haven't seen in years like I I loved it. But Falcon Winter Soldier, it's going to be one of those ones where it's definitely not the best, but I'm a completist, and we have to maybe watch it to get everything in this phase four. But what do you think about it? I think, like you said, you know, a completist, because in the end, too, it's not bad. Um, I definitely like that we've established a villain, and I mean, they are superhumans beyond, mm-hmm. but I actually love the evolution of the, really just the relationship of kind of like that screw you, screw you with the Winter Soldier and Falcon, because those guys, yeah. man, and you know, at the end of the day, it's just that burden that Falcon didn't want to be basically Captain America and live up to whatever he had to live up to. And Winter Soldiers kind of has that, bro, you were the chosen one. So, you and know, you that just, there's... You just basically gave the shield up. Like, what the hell is your problem? Yeah. Yeah, there's a rift right there. And I, I want to see if there is going to be uh, any further superhumans that we've seen, like, that older gentleman that they went to his house. Oh, I know. So, that was you know, crazy. Like, that, that, was... That, 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 like, opened up a box, you know, like, Pandora's box of, like, oh, my God, like, how many more did they make back then, bro? Yeah, crazy. 
So I'm actually really looking forward. That's just stuck in my mind. Like, you know what? If we kind of got introduced to one right now, how many more are there? So I'm going to be looking out for that. But, I mean, I'm definitely not the biggest fan of Agent Guy, Captain America. U.S. Agent. Yeah. And not really the biggest fan. And he's just really kind of like Cornelius, cheesy, like, yeah, I don't know. Come on, you guys are with me. I don't know. But, dude, so... His little sidekick, too. Come on, I know, I know. So his... First appearance, the episode one, you just saw him with the mask on, right? And yeah. in this episode, you saw him in the old, uh, you know, gym locker room. And dude, like when he turns a certain angle, he looks like his dad. Hell of, he looks like Kurt Russell. Like it was like, like looking at him, uh, like you know, thirty years ago, Kurt Russell for sure. Um, but in classic Marvel fashion, I love the scene where both of them are with the therapist and they have to face each other and they're like, oh, you want to get this close? Oh, wait, wait, no, you wanted this close. Is this close enough for you? Is this close enough for you? Just bickering back and forth. That was hella funny. Definitely. No, I agree with you, bro. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like you said, it is typical Marvel fashion, just like that bickering slashes relationship between both characters. But I'm, I'm excited for episode three. I hope we definitely get more of the super villains kind of scene, you know, whatever master plan they're behind and We'll see what happens, bro. Excited for episode three, definitely. Yeah, I was kind of confused. Um, I don't know. Kind of disappointed they didn't revisit the uh, Winter Soldiers, the, the old Asian, his friend. You know, bro, the old they Asian showed guy. that off. Yes, they made it so like quick. Like and even and, and even Falcon trying to help his sister get the shrimp boat business back up. They didn't revisit that. So I can definitely see them having Winter Soldier revisit that dream and kind of solve that mystery. But dude, like, the, are they even gonna have falcon go back to louisiana and do that thing or did they kind of just you know or did they kind of bring those two guys down to earth and make them just kind of like normal human dudes and all of a sudden boom you know halfway through episode one and beyond all right here's your mission here's the rest of the show nothing else matters so it's kind of weird like uh, wondering what direction they're going to go well that was actually one of my favorite parts of the show in episode one like hey this is going to be the show going forward it's actually just a good balance of like the interpersonal of the character not just hero hero action action and like man if they kind of just like all right let's just do it one episode to establish that they're human i'm not really going to be a fan of that man they got to kind of keep that like yeah that was because, a yeah because like one of the my favorite moments in all of mcu was in like it was in civil war when Tony finally, when like when they see the video of him killing his parents, and they were like, "Oh, dude, like I know it wasn't his fault, but like he actually oh, yeah. did that." So that was another moment of like, "Oh my God, I know it wasn't his fault. Like he was like the brain, he was brainwashed, but he did that. So now he has to like kind of fix things." And they didn't even revisit it in episode two, so I'm wondering if it's going to be revisited or not. So I hope they do. I think it's a missed opportunity if they don't revisit both aspects of their lives, you know. So. But that's pretty much, yeah. So by the time everyone listens to this episode, episode three will already be available. But yeah, I mean that's all I got. If you guys don't have anything, this has been the Complicies Podcast. Episode one hundred six is done. Sorry for not going live this week; it just didn't work out. Uh, But we loved having Casey Pratt, uh, a new friend of the show, um, on episode one hundred six. But one hundred seven and one hundred eight, we have two back-to-back interviews. So three interviews in a row. I'm trying to get all month of April to have interviews for you guys to enjoy. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Take us away for the episode. Definitely a treat today for uh, the fans and also ourselves. Casey Pratt was an awesome interview, a super cool guy. Definitely excited for all of us for the MLB season starting tomorrow. So definitely get ready, guys. Support your local baseball teams for us, the A's and Giants. And a great episode for just the comic bookies. Definitely check out Kong and Godzilla. I highly recommend that. 
obviously go check out Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. And the comic bookies, man, just keep checking us out, guys. Keep supporting us. As Mike alluded to, we're going to have some interviews coming up for the next handful of weeks. going to be just some good conversations, broadening our horizons, talking about a whole bunch of different things. So if you guys have anything you guys want us to mention, anything to talk about, any topics, just hit our Facebook up, our Instagram, our Twitter. You guys will get the full info at the end of the episode, as always, from Mike. And just keep supporting us, guys. Thank you, Sean. I love how you put it there. But yes, man, thank you. Thank you. I would love to say thank you to Casey Pratt for joining us tonight. Um, We are still a growing podcast, as you guys can see. We'd love to get, you know, we'd love to have all you guys drop reviews for us. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and whatnot, whatever, wherever you guys listen to us at. Just give us ratings. Give us thumbs up. Subscribe. Tell people about us. Once again, Casey Pratt at Casey Pratt ABC7. Thank you because uh, with uh, people like him and people like all the other guests that we've got on this show, there's who's going to help. You know, it's all about networking these days, man. If we can get great guests like that to share their knowledge about the sports world and about their image uh, backstories that they got, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to share our story. We're here to share other people's stories with fans, not just uh, all over the U.S., but all over the world. Mike might give you guys a little update in a little bit as if we got any more new subscribers from if we've made another stamp on our passport. But nonetheless, always, guys, check us out at the Comic Bookies on Instagram, at the Comic Bookies on Twitter, at the Comic Bookies on at gmail.com, guys. Just interact with us. Let us know what you guys want. We're also on Facebook. Yeah, man, we're just uh, check out our YouTube, always Twitch live next week again, 107, same time. You guys know where to find us, guys. Thank you, Brassi. Thank you, Irmão. Let's go, man. I'm so excited to keep this keep it rolling to q2 man april fools is tomorrow so let's man this we ain't no joke though april fools is tomorrow but we ain't no joke baby let's go hell yeah buddy uh so we don't have any new countries but an existing country that i know we've had before welcome back the one listener from guatemala um in the united states here in the united states i want to shout out a few specific states uh Dude, so a bunch of downloads from Virginia, from New York. Uh, we got a bunch from Florida, uh, Ohio, Michigan, Texas, and Nevada. And uh, jumping up into the top three as far as uh, you know, downloads in the United States, the Sacramento, Stockton, Modesto area, 209 represent. Now here in Tracy, you know, I think I'm I'm getting some influence out here, fellas. But um, this has been the Comic Boogies Podcast, episode 106. Thank you so much, Casey Pratt, again for jumping on. You're always welcome. Thank you, Treasure Island Comics, for the sponsorship, as always. And like we always say, enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics, enjoy each other. Peace out. See y'all next week live. Peace. And always enjoy each other. And enjoy these last three games left on the NCAA schedule because we are down to the final four in the championship game man let's see what we have in store uh ucla the only darling left as an 11 seed but let's go baby enjoy your weekend enjoy the sports and like mike always says enjoy each other baby comic bookies let's go we love you guys